It's the one place in all of the internet where you'll find four guys talking pro wrestling way too seriously. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, Brandon Linton, and WWE superstar AJ Francis. This is Jobbing Out. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome in to episode number 35 of Jobbing Out. Anyone want to venture a guess? 35? 35? How many people have been abducted in the NXT parking lot? Yeah, it's certainly been quite a few it, of them. That, that's the over on that. Come on, dude. <laughs> certainly been quite a few of them. Aaron, you want to venture a guess? 35 days until Survivor Series? I have no idea. All right. Well, it was, uh, it was at WrestleMania 35 when we were introduced to the greatest joke in the history of jokes. Oh. <laughs> Um, and I, I, you know, it's better than, uh, the, 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 the gay fish joke from South Park. It's better than the aristocrats. It's the single greatest joke. And it's an honor because I can't believe this on the, I, I, it's really remarkable to me that we found this person because this was just an offhanded joke that of course Ben Nash, uh, authored uh, a few years ago when he was looking at someone and you're not going to believe this on this week's show, Kurt Kankles himself is going to, <laughs> now what's, what's that now? Oh, it's 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 not Kurt Kankles who's going to be on the show. That well, then oh, who's it? Who's it going to well, be? Well, now I'm there? disappointed. Yeah, I was really looking forward to chatting with Kurt Kankles. He he was the subject of the greatest joke in the history of jokes. So who's who's the guest on the show this week? Then I don't I don't understand who is it. Uh, it would be Kurt Angle. Oh, Kurt Angle. Oh, Kurt Angle's going to join us on the show. Nah, this I'd rather week. have Kurt Kankles. Oh, oh, get it's the true. Out of here. It's damn true. Holy crap. Kurt Angle is on the program this week. Perhaps you've heard of him. Uh, I'm familiar with his work. Uh, Multi-time guest of Jobbing Out Now. I don't even remember the last time he was on the show. When was the It was last... early on. He, he was like, like and this in our fun, first few months. This is the funny thing. I know I've had Kurt Angle on shows a thousand times in my life. Like... But I legitimately couldn't figure out if we'd ever had him on this show. We we have. Not. All right, all right. Well, I was hoping we could tick up the number, so I guess we're not no. going to be doing that. I are you sure about this? By the way, are you certain? I mean, unless there was another show that we were doing together that we had Kurt Angle on, which God, we've done so much together as possible. But I'm pretty sure we did because he told a story about how his uh, medals got stolen. I in remember there being a, a story about the medals getting stolen. stolen yeah, that that was on the show. I remember that. I just I also searched through all of our archives and found no Kurt Angle. So I I I mean I guess it's possible. Was, were there shows that we did before we started archiving them? Is that a thing? I don't possible. Man, I don't know. But the point of it, the moral of the story is, who gives a rat's ass? Kurt Angle's on the program this week as he's going to be at uh, Baltimore Celeb Fest 2 this weekend as part of the Great Eights Memorabilia Stable. Uh, you can meet uh, not only the great Kurt Angle, but also the Briscoes, the Inspiration, Tessa Blanchard, the beautiful people, all eight of them, your meet and greet passes for just $300 combined. And somebody would say, hey, $300 sounds like a lot of money. Maybe, but have you ever gone to one of these things? Have you ever tried to meet eight professional wrestling superstars including kurt angle at the same time how much did that cost you 
I bet it was a little bit more than 300 bucks. I, I, was, I was at a con a, a couple weekends ago that had wrestlers, and I'll tell you what, it would have been a lot more yeah, than that. Yeah, way more than that. So I would go to grade8smemorabilia.com right now with the number 8, and I would get your tickets for Baltimore Celeb Fest 2 coming up this Saturday. It's just a great day. It's not just the grade 8 stable. There'll be a lot of other wrestling superstars that'll be there. I believe MCW is running a show uh, later that night at Baltimore Celeb Fest too. So um, just an awesome, awesome event. We'll talk to Kurt later on in the program. All right. Well, that's all I had for this week. So anybody else? <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, let's just let, let's just end it here. I I got Kurt Angle. So like whatever you guys got, <laughs> I, I I got. I mean, I got nothing else. Um, obviously we're doing the show a little bit earlier this week because we didn't have to wait for uh, Wednesday in AEW. We have no go. You know, speaking of Ben Nash, there I hear there's a rumor he might uh, join us for a hang next Thursday. I hear he. Oh, might, cool. I might. Awesome. Uh, I hear he. Yeah, we weren't even up. planning on it, but our lunch coincides with, with Crown, Crown Jewel. Jewel. We're very excited about that. We're all going to be hanging out together to watch Crown Jewel. At awesome. Which is really dope. Well, now I'm excited. Yeah, it's exactly I, the reason we decided want, to meet up. Yeah, correct. I was going to say actually someone I want to be with uh, during uh, that lunch. What what do you mean? Oh, you because Ben's gonna be there. That's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unlike the rest of us, <laughs> yeah. he did author the greatest joke in the history of this program. So, um, uh, speaking of which, uh, we've already we've already recorded this interview with Kurt Angle, and at one point I give away that I asked him if he had any rap advice for uh, AJ, as we all know that Kurt <laughs> Angle is the greatest rapper in the history sure. of professional wrestling. So, uh, that will come up when we chat with Kurt Angle later. Um, yeah, we don't know what we're going to do about the show next week because we, we should probably do picks before the pay-per-view. The pay-per-view is on a Thursday. I, I don't I don't know. We will figure it out at some point between now and then. As far as things that actually happened this week, a- anybody? Anybody want to talk about something that actually happened this week that they think is significant? Um, King of the Rings started. Okay. <laughs> oh, is that, is that what this you... Is- you know, it's just it's one of those weeks are just building up to Saudi Arabia. And, you know, we still don't know if Saudi Arabia is going to be worth talking about, but they're building up to it. That's uh, for sure. Get Finn Balor, Sami Zayn. So that's pretty cool. We, we get that match, but we know the we are. We very likely know the winner of it because Sami Zayn has never been to a Saudi Arabia show. Presumably. Yes, we presumably. I mean, look, I you. We, there was a time where women had never been to a Saudi Arabia show before either, so it's true. It's not. It's not definite, but and and so, it, and it would be a pretty remarkable story if you know the realization is made. If Sami Zayn uh, Sami Zayn wins this match, all of a sudden there's going to be a realization where a group of people are like, "Holy f, what that would mean." I'm probably with you. First of all, I didn't expect Sami Zayn to beat Finn Balor anyway. I think Finn Balor winning King of the Ring probably helps a little bit in dealing with the sting of having him lose the way that he did to Roman Reigns in his final match um, or his final uh, pay-per-view match. I guess this I keep trying to say before leaving SmackDown, but it's not technically true because this whole thing is such a facocta uh, way of going. It, it, about it's doing very things. still. I, I still think just give it to Woods. He's been campaigning for this for literally See, years. That's, <laughs> well, that's that's the tricky part, right? Is like. You could make the argument, like, like the oh, women. I'll be disappointed if Woods is in the finals and he loses to Finn Balor. I will be disappointed. Well, no, I, I don't think you can put those two guys in the finals against each other because I think, considering what we know about their plans for Finn Balor, he can't lose to Xavier Woods. So, like, I mean, if if you believe the reports that came, if you believe the reports that came out that he's going to be the focal point of Raw, 
you can't have him lose to Xavier Woods because they've booked Xavier Woods a certain way. I, I, I don't feel like you can do that and have Finn Balor be the centerpiece of Raw. That doesn't make any sense to me. Now, the argument would be if Finn Balor's winning, well, guess who you have on the other side? <laughs> Jinder Mahal, who is more than happy to to lay down for whoever. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I feel like if, if, if Woods is in the finals, I feel like he has to win. I, I don't know how yeah. you do that with Finn Balor. I think... Well, and, and aside from all the overthinking of the Sami Zayn thing, I mean, that's, that's exactly not, what you would do. It's not overthinking, though. Like, it is very relevant. Like, Sami Zayn's never I'm been saying, able to go I'm to I'm saying Saudi if this Arabia tournament show. wasn't happening there, if it was oh, just okay. happening yeah. wherever and we weren't sure. thinking about that, the most obvious thing to do, to do would be to have Finn Balor lose in some shady fucking way to Sami Zayn and, yes. then, and then have Xavier beat Sami Zayn. That's what you would do. Um, I don't know how you do this with Finn Balor well, but, and Xavier but, Woods but unless I, Finn Balor's winning. I think there, we're also dealing with two different complications. Aaron, your suggestion that Xavier Woods should win just because it matters to him is all well and good. What, what we're really acknowledging is this doesn't matter whatsoever, so hell with it. Give it to Xavier Woods because he's the one guy that's pretended like he would care about it, right? He, so, he would care about it, and if you want to, you know, he's a guy who could actually, as much as it doesn't matter and it hasn't mattered since God knows when, Probably Booker was the last person to actually get a real boost out of winning King of the Ring. Uh, are you um, pretending like we haven't had a King Skay Nakamura? Could you please be a little more respectful? He, he, hey, he didn't win the King of the Ring tournament, That's to be true. fair. That is true. Um, um the, the the idea of giving Xavier Woods a actual big win, it's you know, he doesn't I, have any of those I, on his I, a single I, big I would win. I would be inclined to agree with you about that if I believe that they were preparing to do something with Xavier Woods singles wrestler moving forward. I have no reason to think that well, that's the case. Well, there is they are planting the seeds of and that's another thing we should talk about of the thing none of us want, which is the new day maybe breaking up. It just makes sense. I don't think you have to break up, but it just makes him, you know, more relevant. I mean, they planted, they planted some seeds on Monday two different times to suggest, like, hey, what would happen if you guys fought each other? And they ignored it. Hey, what would happen if you guys fought each other? By the way, there would be a really good way to, to continue with that, which would have been to have them fight each other, right. which was weird. Right. And that, well, that's why I think Jinder Mahal is beating him, because otherwise, why wouldn't you do that match? Because you don't really have any intention of breaking up the New Day because that's effing insane. That's <laughs> well, no, no, but you wouldn't have nuts. to break them up. Like, like if you did, by not doing the match, you make me think you are. You know what I'm saying? Like, if this was just a trope to get to the match for, that's in King of the Ring, that's essentially not a blood feud. It's just a match they have to fight against each other because they're in a tournament. That's how you do that. If you're teasing this for them to not fight each other, it's really effing weird. Or you just have two weeks before you're going to Saudi Arabia that you have to kill because the rosters are just changing, so you have to come up with stuff that will get people to watch for those two weeks. And we're thinking way too but much about this. But how does Xavier Woods versus Kofi not make you want to watch, but Xavier Woods versus Jinder Mahal does make you want to watch? Because if Xavier Woods wins, it's a bigger moment than if he be beat Kofi, and you wouldn't know how to feel. Everyone knows how to feel. No, 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 no. It's not a bigger moment than if he beat no, Kofi, we're gonna because be it's confused. not the finals. Not everyone is rooting for Xavier Woods against Kofi Kingston. 
That's not a consensus that we all want that person to win that. But you match. don't think it's a bigger win for him to beat Kofi Kingston you're, you're, than you're, to beat you're Jinder Mahal? You're comparing kayfabe the moment. In the moment, we're all going to be confused about what we want there because Got it. We, we like both of them. We don't know that we like both of the, one of them more than the other. We have no idea how to feel about one of them beating the other. So I don't want that match because I don't get any joy out of watching Xavier Woods beat Kofi Kingston. But if I watch Xavier Woods kick Jinder Mahal's ass, then yeah, I get a great deal of joy out of that because I don't. But which one makes like you want to watch the Mahal. show? Yeah, the, I, no one's watching the show anyway. It's going to get money. Well, no, then yeah, why are I mean, we talking about anything? Something I mean, like, for that. don't you can't say no one's watching the show anyway. Why are we talking well, about you, this? I mean, then? You, you can, you can say that, and it goes back to the point that I'm making, which is that this is all just stuff they're doing to get by until the new rosters are set, right? Like that it's that we reading into any of this is silly because all they're really doing is biding their time until they have new rosters and figure out what they want to do. Of course, I don't even know then what they're going to end up doing at that point. I I the Monday night football thing, they 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 tried for a few weeks. They really did try to come up with you know, quirky ways to force people to watch. Let's do the draft. Let's do. Let's have Roman show up. Let's have all these different things. Multiple title matches, correct? All that good stuff. The Usos, unfortunately, don't quite do that. And I like the Usos a great deal, but the Usos showing up to start Raw do not demand that you stick around and avoid a Monday Night Football game. Um, although it was a crap game for a little while, so maybe people came back. I don't know. As it turns out, it was a thriller. I have no clue. Um, but the Usos don't do the same thing. They're not going to drive people over to watch Monday Night Raw. Is it is it possible that they're going to do something like this? Sure, it's possible. Is it effing insane? Like, is there absolutely nothing to be gained from it whatsoever? Yeah, there is zero to be gained <laughs> from doing something like this. There is no reason. This is, in a, in a weird way, it's worse than breaking up like Enzo and Cass. Because at least with Enzo and Cass, you only had like one or two years worth of, um, you know, stock built up in them. This is something. Well, no, they have equity. They have like a decade. There's so much equity involved with this that it's it's insane. It's it's legitimate insanity. Now, you know, Aaron, to go back to your original point, if as I've said before, if they want Xavier Woods to get some sort of singles push moving forward. Then, then okay. There's no reason that he has to split away from Kofi in order to do no, that. No, yeah, it's, and I, w- I was never saying split up from Kofi. I was just saying, like, let's say at some point they want, they feel it's the right time to put the Intercontinental or U.S. whatever title is on his brand uh, on him. It'd be nice to have some singles equity going into that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. I don't really have much belief that that's a thought they have, but. You know, I'm not opposed to it being a thought they have that that everybody else from the New Days had a moment singles wise, and and Xavier hasn't, and so, you know, he's he's gotten pop culture attention, he's relevant outside of wrestling, and that matters to them a great deal. And so, do they want him to have a moment and then be able to build from that to make a singles run? Yeah, you can make a great argument for that. Um, Brandon's point related to Finn Balor and. You know, if they see him as a focal point of Raw moving forward, that that makes it tough. You you do it for both reasons, both to have him sort of bounce back from the last thing we saw him do at a pay-per-view and to further build him up as a guy, a top guy moving forward on the new show that he's going to be on. That, to me, still seems to be the most logical thing that would come out of all of this. And they still, you know... 
he's a face, but he's not really a baby face. So like, I I don't know how that all works with doing the king. Oh, I don't knock my own headphones off there. That was weird. I, I don't. I mean that that's the weird thing is like, do they need to have him win to do anything? Because what I guess here's the question: What would King of the Ring do for Finn Balor? It would, as I said, it would wipe it would wipe the taste out. It would it would mean that you wouldn't be able to say, hey, remember what happened the last time he was in a pay per view. That it would immediately get rid of the last taste that you have from him in a pay-per-view match. Fair. And, I, it, you know, I, I get it. King of the Ring doesn't matter a whole lot, but they're still going to harp on it. They're still going to talk about it constantly. They're still going to pretend like it matters moving forward. So, you know, King Balor, which actually does run, ring, run, uh, roll off the tongue nicely. That sure, does. the prince becomes king. Right. Yeah. Or, those so it's, it's, I mean, you know, I, I think it's fun for two weeks, and then it's like, okay, he's not really. But that's king know. of the ring. Like that's Right, that's, exactly, exactly. Like, that's that doesn't thing. change who gets it. Like, king of the ring just doesn't actually matter. Like That's that, the, That's why I think it would be nice for Xavier, where it actually is a, a check mark for him. It's actually something that you can put on the, the little sidebar for him. I mean, it's not you're not you're not wrong about that. I'm not opposed to it. I'm I want to make that very clear. I'm not opposed to it um, at all. I am in no way as opposed to Xavier. Uh, I was about, to, boy, God, this remember I remember we had this problem when there was Xavier Rhodes and he was a really good football player because yeah. the uh, the Ravens played the Colts on Monday night and that's where Xavier Rhodes is now. I was I was literally about to do the same thing. Um, but no, I'm not, I'm not opposed to Xavier winning at all. I'm not opposed to it whatsoever, all, in part because I'm not really opposed to much of anything. <laughs> the hilarious, and now Jinder's going to win. Of course Jinder's going to win now. Of course that's going to be what comes from all of this, is that Jinder is going to win. Um, I guess we should... And when he does, it'll ruin the entire... Hey, if, if he's the reason that Crown Jewel ends, that would be great. Oh, stop. <laughs> you're, over, you're over two on these predictions. I think you should maybe bail on making predictions about things coming to an end. I think you should maybe go ahead and stop that. Hey, to Aaron's point, NXT did come to an end. It's NXT 2.0 now. Ah, I see. And SmackDown pay-per-views came to an end. Yeah. So it, clearly it, I'm 2-0 on these yeah, predictions. Yeah, yeah. And you didn't say SmackDown pay-per-views were coming to an end, Aaron. You said You said SmackDown. SmackDown was going to said, that was an interesting uh swerve there that you tried yeah, to uh yeah, nice nice attempt to rewrite history in that moment <laughs> yeah. as far as the queen's crown tournament is concerned this one Gee, i wonder who's gonna win this one seems to be a a bit more obvious does it not does it not seem as though Shayna baszler is going to be the obvious choice to win this tournament i mean yes there was only one other person who could win it that was live and live got eliminated in the first round I mean, you say that again. It's the same thing. Anybody could win these tournaments. Well, true. Do, it, it, it could be matter. Queen Dewdrop. Right. Like, I mean, this is—it's such an irrelevant thing that why not? You—they they made uh, uh, Nikki Cross a superhero, right? Like, why couldn't you just say, "Hey, Dewdrop wins," and it's silly, and it's not like we're really going to do anything else with Dewdrop. So why not? Right? Like, there. This is always the difficulty of of dealing with these things because there's nothing at stake because there's literally nothing that matters about something like this. You tell me why it couldn't be Carmella that wins this tournament. Well, that was that's the that's the one A, right? Like if it's not Shayna, it's going to be Carmella. I mean, I'd love to think that they would put Zelina Vega into a situation where she does something that isn't losing. Uh but I don't believe in that. <laughs> so, no, I hear you. you know, I hear you entirely. I I, I will tell you this. The seating I the seating of the men's one was fine. The seating of the women's one is very bizarre. Well, like, it's not really seating. They just bracketed. That, 
everything about the you know winner. what I mean though the bracket the, the length yeah. of the matches the matchups they chose the winners of the matchup they chose there's a lot bizarre about uh, and by the way if you tell me that Shayna Baszler beats Dana Brooke in a minute I don't have a problem with that but all these other ones well, should yeah have it's, it's every match that's a minute long yeah like the, Shayna Baszler should be able to kill people in a minute like yeah. you know like I'm, I'm okay with that but like it actually I actually thought for a minute and a half match they booked that really really well um and I think I read somewhere that Molly Holly had something to do with that. So that kind of, that makes sense. But, um, it's just sad that they had to cre- try to create something out of a good minute and a half match. Yeah. I mean, Carmella live. I mean, like, I'm, I don't know. I think Car- Carmella doesn't need to, like, like, like you said, li- putting live to at least get to the finals. Why not? I mean, like, I, and I get what you're saying, Glenn, like it doesn't matter. But like, if you're telling me that like, there was kind of a little bit of a story on raw with Dewdrop and Shayna Baszler, why are they in the semifinals and not the finals when you have a heel on heel match on the other side? I mean, it's just all weird, right? It's, it's, and I guess ultimately it's because it doesn't matter because well, Shayna's going to kill all these people anyway. So who cares? Probably. That's probably the most. And there likely. is queen in her moniker, by the way. Yes, yeah, the queen of spades being the queen <laughs> makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Makes an awful lot of sense. Um, yeah, that's. I think that's exactly where we are. Anything else from Raw or Smack? I mean, we are really going to end up flying through the show this week because there is just so little to talk about from this past week. Anything else from Raw or SmackDown that we needed to cover? Yeah, I I'm, I'm starting to wonder if we're. You know, we, we're, we've been talking for the past several months, really, about who Roman's opponent at Mania is, and I'm wondering if we're just overlooking it as Brock. It's Brock loses at Saudi Arabia. For some reason, he doesn't get the rematch. He wins the Rumble, and he faces Roman at Mania. I mean, we've, t- we've talked. It's not like we've overlooked it. We've talked about it yeah. openly. That- it, yeah, that uh, be- more, more and more I'm thinking like that might be the way they're going. But, but also, that's fine, because if you believe the reports that came out, what, two days ago... They plan on having him hold the title through next year. So I don't oh, yeah, know. I mean, I have no problem with him losing. Yeah. I'm just, I'm wondering if that's the way we're going right now. Cause it just, especially with talking about, you know, kind of hinting that Heyman has control over Lesnar's contract. I wonder if that you have the match. Somehow Heyman finds a clause in his contract that says Heyman has to agree to another title match or whatever it is, something with Heyman. And then you, you have him earn his title match through the Rumble. Um, yeah, I, I am still, and I know this isn't our picks. I, I talked about this last week. I am still, I, I, I don't know what they're doing here because I don't believe for a second they're just going to have Brock Lesnar cleanly lose to Roman Reigns. I don't, I no, don't believe that. Definitely, definitely something, definitely not clean. But, but no. what can that be? What, I mean, a hundred people. <laughs> but who are the hundred? Like, it's, even even the Usos being the difference is a dent in the Brock Lesnar character, right? Like, even well, do you think on Friday, all of a sudden it's going to be no rules. And then that's how, like he can beat him with an object or something I mean, or maybe, maybe why is it? Wait, wait, why is it a dent in the Lesnar character? Because he knows that the Usos are there he is, he's already been able to overcome he's, that before. He's, right, and he's m- currently manipulating uh, Paul Heyman as he goes along to suddenly have his loss be just because the Usos were there, which, again, he knew the entire time, and he's shown is no problem for him. 
that's a dent in the Brock Lesnar character who's the human being that we would send to fight the aliens if we needed somebody to fight the aliens. That's right, right. The, the, just... the Brock Lesnar character, unless you want to say that kind of the, the face turn has reset him, has lost to Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns and, you know, a, right. a number of other, or probably those might have been the only three over the well, past but three I think years, it, but still. But when you have him on SmackDown, though, beat up all three of them at once. Oh, sure. The, yeah, it's it's a little rough to say that oh the USO tripped him or and, and let's be honest, no I mean it would have to be more than a simple who, trip. Who's but. the who's the guy that he's lost to that he's turned around to face again after a loss? Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. Had, now give me the time frame for that. He lost, he that lost Mania twice in a row and yeah. then lost at SummerSlam. Do you mean wait wait which time are we talking about? You're talking about wait in, wait wait we 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 saw him at Mania. Right, he New lost Jersey. there. Right. Came back, got the briefcase, knocked out Seth, and then lost at SummerSlam. I guess I forgot that that was SummerSlam that year too. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so there is some Fred. There is some. There's there's one. That's but that's one right. Like that's one that we're talking about. That's it. That's the list. Right. Um. They they have protected Brock Lesnar at all costs, and. If I, to the point where, like, if you're gonna do it again at WrestleMania, you have to have it be because the Usos cost him. Like, yes, but this feels like they break him through a thousand tables or something. It, I, I know, was gonna like, say it, it's not simply the Usos; it's, it's something, it's, and that's the part that I mean. I am very in. That's because Usos have a taser, like you know, go go full something that along. They handcuff him to something. I mean, like, it's, it's, that, it, even, it has to be, be bigger than handcuff. I agree with Glenn. It has to be something. It has to be. Basically, they set him on fire. <laughs> or, or or there's someone new who's aligned themselves with the, uh, you know, like th- right. there's, there's got to be something that isn't just you lost because of the numbers game. Like he effing knows the numbers game. And he's saying, like, you, it's got to be you have, like, beyond Did you have Paul Heyman pay like almost to come out or something? Yeah. I, I think it has to be someone who's long term going to be with them. I'm trying to think of the. If there's well, no, another... but, 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 but there's another way to play it. It could be Paul Heyman pay someone from Raw to come over, and then that's how you shift Brock to Raw to feud with whoever for however many months until ultimately come back to it or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I mean there's a reason why they had him say he can go wherever he wants because. He's not going to be on SmackDown the whole time, or he just says he's on SmackDown, you know, and so, and Roman's on SmackDown. So I feel like this is a quick in for now, whatever happens. It, I mean, I, I really do feel like that's probably the way, right? Is that there's some thing that redirects his attention to Raw for a little bit somehow. I hear you. And, and that's maybe your way out. I, I hear you. It just, I'd need to know more about who that is and Bobby Lashley. Yeah, Isn't it? he on SmackDown? Yeah. Didn't they move him? Oh, yeah, they, they just did. moved him, they right? They did move him to SmackDown. One hundred percent. They did move him to SmackDown. That is a thing. Now that heard. being said, if you want to say that whether it's Raw or SmackDown, Bobby Lashley is the thing that you know catches is the yeah. squirrel for uh, for Brock Lesnar. I'm not against that. Yeah, I'm, it's not the end of the world if like you get if if it's a hell of a if if the, you give us more than a typical Brock Lesnar match, right? Like if you have it be kind of a barn burner for a while and a, a while in in Brock Lesnar terms, right? Like twelve, eight, twelve, eight, eight to ten minutes, yeah, yeah, something like that, right? Um, that's a Brock Lesnar barn burner, and he's already beat. You know, he's he's already handled the Usos trying to attack him. He's already taken care of that. 
and he looks like he's about to beat Roman Reigns when Bobby Lashley comes out and makes his appearance. I'll, you know, I'll listen to it. I'll I'll listen to that as being something that can help you solve this problem because you are. You have put yourself in a bit of a corner when it comes to something like this to both completely protect Brock Lesnar and have Roman Reigns win the match. It's You've painted yourself in a bit of a corner in this way. So we shall see. We shall see, but we'll deal with that. When Did, we make didn't they do this week. with Lashley before? It was like somebody promised him a title match, and so because he was promised a title match, he beat up someone for whoever the – Whoever the champion was. This was Daniel Bryan. Well, that was Miz. Miz told him to do it, so Miz could crash it. Correct. This was Miz. Exactly right. That's exactly the way that it went. All right. Uh, Anything else from Raw or SmackDown that we really wanted to react to? Wasn't much else from Raw or SmackDown, honestly. I I guess, like, so we we thought it was going to be a simple respect thing from Drew and Big E. They're not going down that road. Eh. Um they kind of are. Yeah, I mean, you say they're, that. They just, like, did the, they just did that to give the, the match some heat. Yeah, I don't think that was Fair. a... Yeah, I completely agree with Brandon. I think that was well, a... I mean, I wasn't saying it's a heel let's, turn. Just... Let's try to do a bombastic segment to sell the match, but it's it's not... It it doesn't break up that at the end they're going to have Drew McIntyre shake Biggie's hand and sure. and say it was a hell of a match, a hell of a fight go get him as as he departs to move over to SmackDown moving forward. Like, that's definitely how this is going to go. There's no question about that. All right. Um, as far as NXT was concerned, <laughs> I, I, hate, I hate this being the way that we're feeling right now. Um, I, I, I think it's better that Joe Gacy didn't end up in the match. That was what my expectation was. I think they were capitalizing on Joe Gacy. I have no idea what to make of the Joe Gacy... What what are they calling Parker Bordeaux? What is his name? I, I I can't even remember what they're calling him. It's like, is it like Harland? Harland. Yeah, it's something like that. Harland. Yes, that's correct. Um. Okay. I mean, I have. I will hold on. I will say this much about it. I don't know whether it's good or bad, but it's got my attention. Why? Because I don't know what they're doing, and there's clearly something behind this, and like. It's the one thing that they, not the one thing, but it's one of the things they've done on NXT where there's a clear focus on on something. And even though this guy's losing matches, they're making it really effing creepy. And there's some bigger story okay. coming. All right. With All right. That's fine. That's fine. I, I, I'm, I'm listening. You're not wrong. He is arguably the most notable character on NXT right now. I mean, it's the most interesting thing they're doing to me. You know, I mean, it's funny. You I do Toxic Attraction having seven segments is yeah, more I interesting. I don't think that's interesting. But I will say, I think we're. I did think that was very clever how they handled um, the Swerve situation. I thought that. Look. Yes. Was it was it a bit campy having them? By the way, for those that are wondering, that's why AJ couldn't be a part of the show this week. He's currently missing. Um, we don't know where yeah, he right. is, and he hasn't been returning he, any of my texts. He used to be an NXT security guard. How does he not know to always keep his eye out on that parking lot? I, I, well, by the way, if he used to be an NXT security guard, he was the worst security guard. Well, in the history of NXT, we, we told him that to his face. That's true. That's true. <laughs> not a very good security guard. A fine professional wrestler, not a great security guard. Um, but yes, unfortunately, uh, and we and we just want to know. We, we want to know wherever he is, AJ. If you're listening, we're thinking about you, bud, and we we hope that you make out of make it out of this okay. Uh, we're very nervous about uh, your whereabouts, and uh, uh, Brandon's been making up flyers that we're going to take around town. 
and uh, we're going to do our best for you moving forward, but we're very nervous. And, and please send us a message to let us know you're safe. That's all we can ask do, for. Do, do I we think the... they took him to Baltimore? He might like, have. They might, they might have. I mean, like, okay. they... I, got, I got the information for the side of the milk carton. Yep. So, exactly uh, right. We, hopefully... have, you, have you seen this man? It'd be very hard to miss. It'd be very hard to miss this particular man. Have you seen him? Um, look, you can say even, even though he was abducted by two people that combined probably are not his weight. Yes. Yes. Plus, numbers game. Come on. Um, look, you can say that part was campy, if you will, but it actually worked as part of a functional story. It it worked to do all of these things to both get the belt off of Swerve not have it happen in the obvious way that you think it's going to happen, despite the fact that the next answer was in hindsight obvious, right? Like, but only in hindsight did it become obvious. All of these things ended up being a really well-functionally told professional wrestling story. I thought they did this really well, again, outside of sort of the campiness of the idea that a man of AJ's size was going to be kidnapped. I, I get I get I get the problem with that, but you that is also where you have to accept that some of this is professional wrestling and he got blindsided and didn't know it was coming and that's like you have to be willing to at least consider that as part of the story. The rest of it was all really good. Everybody says, well, okay, obviously they're gonna have Swerve drop the belt on the way out, so that's why they're doing this match. So they have Santos win it. To then throw in the additional swerve, mm-hmm. no pun intended, pun in totally intended, to throw that in and have it play out the way that they did, it all worked. It all worked as part of the story. Well, he doesn't have his buddies. He needs someone to come out and even up the numbers game. Like, it works. Again, those of you that were, were quick thinking probably felt that coming all along, but in the moment, the story that the broadcasters were able to tell, it made a lot of sense. Someone has to come to their aid. Sure, Carmelo Hayes, who's sort of been riding this middle-of-the-road thing where, like, Trick Williams is a bad guy, but is Carmelo Hayes... Like, like there's been this middle-of-the-road thing with Carmelo Hayes going on that mm-hmm. it could be believable enough for just a second. I genuinely liked that as a functional, quality, main event yeah. story on a television mm-hmm. program. Not, well, not just... Sorry. No, I was going to say, not just that, but in the way they were telling the story, that they made it so Swerve, who, you know, we, we've talked about how they've and, been, oh, right. you know, and definitely... Part of it is, Swerve looks, gets to look great on the way out the door, no, 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 right? No, no, no. Yeah, oh, he, he looks great on the way out, and not just that, but he is staying as not just, a fa- you know, one of those things where we're like, they're, they're kind of tweeners who skewed face there. The, the way they told that story throughout the night... It was he was the conquering face. He was the guy everyone wanted to see win because he was so you know the odds were so against him throughout the night. Everything happened that you made him into this super face, retaining his title. It was great, and then you had the Carmelo Hayes thing, which makes Carmelo Hayes a great heel going forward. Yep, all of it. I thought this was really good professional wrestling. Like I, I yeah, and I don't want us to just leave that without getting the attention that it deserves. I thought that was an exceptional professional wrestling concept. All of and the match worked. was pretty goddamn good, yeah, too. Yeah, and the match was great, of course, which is not, that part isn't surprising whatsoever. That, that was the least surprising yeah, of all. Yeah, right? <laughs> but to tell such a functional story that has so many tentacles, and all of them work, again, with the exception of the campiness of the kid. And, 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 and by the way, that was silly enough for me to over, overcome the campiness. Like, I enjoyed the silliness of oh, it. Oh, of course. That I, yeah, I wasn't yeah. bothered by the campiness of it. 
Um, oh, we're having fun with it, but it was great. Yep. So all of it to me, uh, they deserve credit for. And as we're trying to figure out things that work with this this new NXT, that that part of it really worked. All of that worked. That was really well done. It creates a new storyline too moving forward. If if I've always thought they've seen Santos Escobar as a star, and if they see him as a star to the level that they think that he needs to be a face. They can quickly kind of spin this coming out of it and turn him into a face working against Carmelo Hayes. Um, and considering they've they've all looked great, I think there's a crowd that's willing to get behind Santos Escobar and Electra Lopez as faces. Oh, they've already been getting cheered against uh, Hit Row. So, <laughs> so I was going yeah. to say, like that, we were talking about how the Hit Row Legato feud could go either way as to who the faces ended up being. They chose Hit Row, but they could have easily gone the other way. So all of this works for me. All of this really works for me, and I think it's a a big thumbs up, and and I appreciate it. As a professional wrestling fan, I greatly appreciate functional, well-done professional wrestling, which is what I thought all of that was. To your point, the other, toxic oh, I was going to say the other interesting thing that it does. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Aaron. I was going to say the other interesting thing it does is that it turns the breakout tournament into this thing that for a number of reasons, wasn't considered to be the biggest thing after the first time because, you know, uh, ACH cashed in, didn't do anything, into basically NXT's version of Money in the Bank. So it makes that tournament even bigger now. Which is what it should be, you know what I mean? Like, And that's why, like, this is why tournaments should have consequences. This is, this is not that hard. This is why tournaments should matter. This is why it should be very simple for you to make King of the Ring be a tournament that has something that comes from it. It's why I've been in this weird place with all of these stupid NXT ladder matches because, like, I want these things to have some consequence. It's just the NXT ones, largely the consequences disappeared within, you know, a few days as being, you know, inconsequential instead. But make these things matter. They're not hard. It's just not that hard. You could do an NXT breakout tournament and just say, hey, here's a bunch of guys you're not all that familiar with, but we're going to try to use this tournament to get you familiar with them and not have any purpose for it at the end. It could just be that you win the, you're win, you the winner of the tournament and you get a trophy. But how much better is it? There's a consequence that comes from it. And I wouldn't really have that much of an issue with it if they just made it perpetually the North American Championship. That they said, it is kind of silly for us to suggest that the winner of this tournament should get thrown into the picture for the you know the NXT championship. But to perpetually say the winner of this tournament will get a shot at the North American championship, I think that works too. I think it actually kind of works better than the who, who might you face because it's so wildly unbelievable that that person should... Again, we live in the world where Von Wagner showed up and was in a championship <laughs> match that night. Well, we got we we got to talk about that too. It's very weird. I mean, like it's very weird. Um, but but specifically the fact that he used it in the Money in the Bank way when you yeah, know yeah, we yes. just kind of thought it was the you sign a contract you get a match. But now that we know, hey, this is for a Money in the Bank style thing, makes well, it bigger. It still presents. If, if I had to make any criticism, it would be that that it that was a, that part was a little clunky where they were like. Well, if he signs this, it's, you know, like the other guy doesn't have to sign it. He can just be laying there dead, but I can sign this contract. They, and had, now it's they had made that very clear that he could, he could ca he cash it in. Of course, they don't want to say that because that's the money in the bank phrase. He could execute the contract whenever he wanted right. to. And they had used that as part of his character for the last 
month or so. They had, oh, that's true. They, they did do that. In, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. In, well, and don't forget the first time Money in the Bank, we all assumed it was for a a match that both sides had to sign it that he has a contract in it. Right. Until the first time they used it. And that. they were also smart enough to do that like a month ago and then not do it. And right. so that so that it played well in the story of an actual surprise. Correct. All things are true. All right. Um the Von Wagner thing? Yeah, okay. What do you want to say so, about it? Ky- he's, <laughs> so Ky- do you he's, think do you Kyle think O'Reilly's they now think... his sidekick? Yeah. I mean, like that's that's well, real. Do you think that they think that, hey, I know how to make Kyle O'Reilly more likable, put someone even less likable with them, <laughs> and by comparison, I mean, like, I don't see it, guys. I don't see it. it, it I keep wanting to call him Van Hammer, by the way. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what he is right now, kind right, of a right? big guy who's there because he's big, which is what the Van Hammer story was. <laughs> I, I don't. He His promo was bad. Like, I, I just... I'm not trying to be overly critical, but I don't understand. I mean, I don't know that there is anything I don't, to understand. I, don't, I can't, I can't help you understand it for what it's worth. I can't help you understand it. Like, like, okay, like, because I mean, obviously they're hot shotting to a degree. A lot of these guys just injecting them into the show. Yes, but like Braun Breaker can live up to the spot at least so far. Like. I don't feel I mean, we, like that. Brandon, we told you. With him. We, we talked about this the first night. He's right. big. Someone right. looked at everybody that was on Vince the NXT roster the hallway and, saw and him. said, who's that fella? Ha. <laughs> Von Wagner. I mean, that's, come on, man. Like, he's big. I mean. The end of the story. Just, that's the end yeah, of it. I, he's big. Kyle O'Reilly's his sidekick now. That's a thing. Like, <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly's the sidekick, which, by the way, <laughs> Considering where things were with Kyle O'Reilly, I'm not all that worked up about it. It's, it's sure. not like that was anywhere good. But this is the new world that we live in. You're big. This is who you are. You're you're the one that matters. That's the way things go moving forward. That's just the way it is. All right. Uh, and I don't. I have nothing to say about toxic attraction. I I, I couldn't possibly. How could I possibly? Well, I have I have one thing to say about them. Okay. Mandy Rose does not need them. No. Mandy Rose is just fine. In fact, Mandy Rose looks as better as good as she's ever looked as far as in a wrestling capacity. I don't disagree um, with that. Only reason Mandy Rose needs them is because her versus Raquel doesn't work if she doesn't have backup. I actually disagree with that at this point. I think she looks like a viable competitor. I think that she can talk. The the other two, I'll just be nice and say nothing, but she can talk. She doesn't need other people. Well, I hear what I, you're I'm saying. Just, She's a heel against the big conquering yes. baby face. And but, it was much bigger than her. But but past this though, like I mean, like, if you if you told me that she had like the Robert Stone women with her, like, okay. Like she doesn't need them, but at least like those would help enhance. I don't think these people and I'm I'm trying to be very nice. I don't I don't get them and I don't see what they're adding other than just being bodies that are there. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't the all the mic time they're getting is well, this is I, they're, they're trying to inject 100 people onto a show very quickly and this yes. is the way that they're doing it. I mean, that's that's all that that is. Will it go sure. anywhere? I have no idea if it'll go anywhere eventually or not. Does she need him? But no, I think it's doesn't. very clear to me that Mandy Rose can stand on her own and she's just fine and she's everything they want her to be 
just let her be it. Like, I think she can, I think she's fine. I, I mean, like, I think she would be fine as the main heel on NXT as, as, as a, a solo. I, I understand what you're saying, the dynamics and everything, but I don't know. I, I, that's, it's almost hurting her to, or not yet, but it could. <laughs> like, I feel like it could actually hurt all of the development they've done with Mandy Rose to have her weighed down by these other two people. That's just me. Okay. All right. All right. Um, all right. One other thing about NXT. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought that the Diamond Mine segment, the Ivy match, and then the Julius Creed, I thought that was great. I want to see more of Diamond Mine. If, if you know, all of NXT pretty much becomes Braun Breaker and Diamond Mine, I'm, I'm good with it. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm not as high on it as you are, but. I'm more I'm more in favor of it than I'm opposed to it. Like I'm I'm more than fifty fifty. I'm not Diamond Mine is getting me to tune in to NXT every week. It's uh you know, I'm I'm good with it. I'm good with but it. But I don't wanna like go piss during their segment or whatever. Yes, correct. You know what I'm, I mean? I'm 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 watching, I'm interested. Um you know, I I, I wanna see it continue. I'm just not quite I'm not quite as excited about it week in and week out as you are, but I I leave room for that to change. I leave room for me to embrace it more and more as as we move forward. I thought Ivy Nile looked really good. I agree. And I, agree. And I think that if you... <laughs> let's just say this. If you remember when Diamond Mine debuted and what they were then, and you compare it to this version, it's five times better. No, more than five times better. <laughs> I mean, it's way better and way more legit and way more believable than... Who was that guy? The Tyler Rust, I think, was oh, part of God. it. Oh, like, God. Yes. Yeah. That, I, mean, I mean, look, you, you have guys who you can genuinely, like, I, I thought the Julius Creed segment did a lot for him. We saw him as a tag. Now we can say, okay, he can throw guys around as a singles guy as well and talk a little bit. Um, Anything that we need to talk about from AEW Rampage other than the fact that, like, it, I'm so depressed. I'm so depressed that they ever had our guy Brian Cage get a big win to just I mean I'm just it's just very depressing it's ve- I mean the whole thing is it's embarrassing that they're pretending still like this belt is a belt like it, that's that's an embarrassing look for any professional wrestling corporation like to try to we've got an FTW championship match you don't even it's not just the belt doesn't matter you're you don't even care about this and it and it only exists in your world um, they haven't even cared about it in in kayfabe. It's 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 comedic. Uh, what a joke that's been. The story has been dead for months. For months, it's been a dead, uninteresting story. That the only way to make it interesting again was to just have Brian Cage come out on top in the end and let him move forward and do something that's interesting. And they're not even doing that. This is it. It's so sad and it's such a waste and so you know some it i i don't want to say anything else because i'm just going to continue to say disparaging things but it's just it makes me very very sad because brian cage is great and he doesn't deserve this does anybody else think that putting cm punk on the show is actually having the opposite effect of what they want it to have like Uh, how so i think well, it feels like they want to put him on the show to make the show matter, and it feels like the show is making him matter less. Like by, by like I feel him, like by having him face Daniel Garcia and and Matt Seidel, that like it right. it belittles CM Punk wrestling non live matches on a Friday night 
Correct. at ten thirty against guys that no one cares about is making is bringing CM Punk down instead of elevating the guys that he's wrestling in those situations. That's that's yes. what you're saying. Or, or the show itself. Like, they're putting him on there because people are like, oh, if I watch Friday, I get to see CM Punk wrestle because he didn't wrestle on Dynamite. At least I don't think he did. Um, and, um, in fact, he did a promo to promote his match, I think yes, is what happened. Yes, that's right. Sounds right, um, yeah. So, obviously, I think they're trying to lift up the show and the people he's wrestling, but the show, more importantly, I think, for them, um, by saying, see, this is where you can watch CM Punk, but, like, if you say out loud all the things you just said, it makes him more normal. It makes him... we've I've been meaning to... Actually, we should spend a few minutes on this, because I think, Glenn, you meant to bring up something a few weeks ago, and we just had so many things to talk about, particularly with AEW, that we didn't get to the whole CM Punk thing, but it does feel to me like if you compare what he's doing on AEW and the relevance of it to what would have happened if he returned to WWE, it feels like he's slumming it, like to an excruciating degree. Because I feel like if he went back to WWE, he would have been the main event of WrestleMania. He would, you know, there would have been some big thing that he did. He wouldn't be on main event. Right, I mean, like that's what this is, right? Well, like, no, it's, it's not. No, 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 no. I mean, it did a point one seven or whatever. No, but it, it, this is the tricky. There, this is tricky, Brandon. Your point about this show is very different. They're trying to make you believe it's a thing, and and it's not a thing. Like they they try to make it a thing because they were in New York the one week. They're trying to do these gimmicky things, but this is part of the problem. It's it's eternally the problem anymore of doing non live shows. Like I've I've talked about this for a very long time. When you do a non-live show, you're announcing it doesn't really matter that much because the people that care the most are going to know what happens before it happens. So you're announcing to everyone. We know most of the live shows don't matter all that much, right? Like 80% of the shows they do live, we walk away from it like in, in all of professional wrestling. We walk away of it like, did anything all that significant really happen? So you, look how we tried to stretch SmackDown and Raw. Correct. Yeah. Like that's and those were live shows. When you when something's not live, they're overwhelmingly announcing to you it doesn't matter. It 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 can only be so significant what happens because if it's that significant, you're going to know about it before you see it. And so we don't want the most significant things to happen that way because we don't want you to know about it before you see it. It's this tricky thing where they want you to believe that Rampage is a thing where it's not actually a thing. Now, it's going to be weird this week because I guess um, WWE is very worried about Raw being on uh, – or SmackDown being on FS1 because of the they're baseball playoffs. They're doing the playoffs. overrun. They're yeah. doing the overrun because they're very worried about um, the number that might pop, You know, what, whatever their number looks like on FS1 versus whatever the number is on Rampage. They're clearly quite worried about that. Well, they're also doing a YouTube show at 9 o'clock. Yeah, so AEW responded by doing the YouTube show right. with, uh, yeah, with Daniel Bryan. Right. Yeah. Like they're trying, everybody's trying to be gimmicky and do silly things yeah. in order to compete on Friday night, and that's, a, that's fine, that whatever, you know, God bless. That's a whole different thing. But, Brandon, your point isn't wrong, which is, Rampage can't matter if it's not live. You can't make a non-wrestling, a non-live wrestling show matter. With with a weird exception being that we we did still treat NXT, NXT. That's 
Yeah. Like, it mattered, but I think part of that is because it was the only time we got to see NXT, right? Like, if there was a live NXT, and I guess we kind of got our answer, right? Like, the 205 Live was the non-live NXT, and we made very clear we did not give a rat's ass. They somehow made it work with NXT because it was the only time you get... You, there wasn't another option for seeing NXT. No one has ever, in this era, been able to make non-live wrestling shows really matter, right? Like, that we're... With the caveat being NXT and it being the only time you could see NXT. So it's, it is a weird spot. To, to your point, the argument from some people would be, well, Daniel Garcia is somebody that they see something in. And so CM Punk versus Daniel Garcia felt like it mattered. You can't make that argument about Matt Seidel. Right, and like, I was going to say that is that I would disagree about Garcia, but I agree with Seidel. Right, like you can make the argument that they think Daniel Garcia is a thing and CM Punk versus Daniel Garcia is big. I would counter... Well, I, I'm not even trying to shit on his opponents. I'm just saying... No, but I will. Like, the, you can't... Yeah. There, there is nothing interesting about CM Punk versus Matt Seidel. There's nothing right. about that that's compelling. I don't think Daniel Gar- the Daniel Garcia match was as compelling as they wanted to believe that it was. I don't think they've made Daniel Garcia as compelling as they think they've made him because this is the problem with doing so many things at once. It gets lost in the shuffle. You forget which one Daniel Garcia is among the many, many guys they've thrown at you to say, care about this guy, now care about this guy, now care about this guy, and we keep, here's a new shiny, uh, shiny object they're trying to get you to see. I don't think they made Daniel Garcia matter that much. I did not remotely care about a CM Punk Daniel Garcia match. Now, I think their argument would be, Maybe you don't care about him right now, but we think he's elevating, and so at some point we think you will, and I'll listen to that. There's none of that with Matt Seidel. Matt Seidel is a guy that hasn't mattered in any capacity since he's arrived in AEW. There is no world— And he's probably wrestled on YouTube for 98% of his matches. I would have to assume so. This Assuming is, he's wrestled, yeah. Yeah, if he's wrestled at all, exactly right. This is a giant nothing. Like, this couldn't be more of a nothing having CM Punk wrestle Matt Seidel on a Friday night. I don't know if it's that these guys have a relationship, and so, you know, that that's the—I have no clue. Yeah, I was going to say, it could simply be Punk wants the match. So they're right. like, okay, like, sure, why like, not? Like, he's got a, a long-term relationship with Matt Seidel, and so— you know, it's it's something that he wanted to do. And if that's the case, that's what he wanted to do. But does it play into your theory, Brandon, that, you know, it 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 reflects worse on CM Punk than it does lift up the show? And that's clearly what they're trying to use CM Punk as a gimmick to get people to watch Rampage. What what were the, the actual ratings last week? I mean, I point one seven. Is that real? I mean, that's. That feels so, impossible. And I, I wanted to bring that up, too, because it was laughable. Like, Meltzer was like, yeah, it was a .17 mostly because of the MLB playoffs. But he was happy to say that Raw was a point whatever yeah, during Monday Night Football. football. Well, no, he, I mean? always, he always, actually, I, I saw him yesterday going back No, but he was forth. still comparing AEW Dynamite numbers to the Raw numbers on the Monday Night Football. Uh, and, and it was, so we, it was yeah, five, and, and, 502,000 viewers a point one seven. And comparing the, I, I mean, this, and, and and the week the week before it was six twenty two right, and, and a point. The notion that the first round of the MLB playoffs <laughs> is something that is stealing away a significant amount of viewers is is silly. Now the the truth is there's only it's a Friday night ten o'clock show. Right. And and again, if you and want, it's not a good show. I we have to say that no, it's, it's not. It's, it's not a good. It's a show, show that has had. Again, it got CM Punk's the, the 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 entirety of what Rampage has been 
is the first time the CM Punk showed up. That's and, the, and then some good matches, which is yeah. what AEW's hanging their hat on, period, is, hey, you watch this because you want to watch matches. But not very relevant matches. No, I, I, I agree with you 100%, but they're kind of telling you, hey, if you're watching something at Friday night, it's because you want to watch good wrestling, so we'll give you good wrestling, and that's it. You know, it's it's just really interesting to me, like, if you compare the return of CM Punk in AEW to the return of Edge in WWE, and, like, could you imagine if Edge was wrestling on a fucking right. show that did .15 or .17 and, and, in the ratings? And, and I do think there's room for conversation about how these types of guys should be used. And would I rather CM Punk be used this way than immediately thrown into a championship and... You know, forget about but everything. But isn't his seen. history worthy of of more? Well, I'm I guess say well, that. Let's like, not compare this to Edge. But what about when Daniel Bryan returned and he was jobbing to Rusev a month in, like when Rusev wasn't I mean, relevant? Uh, no, I, I mean, but they tried to make Rusev relevant because yeah, Rusev, it wasn't like a king of. It was like a a match for something. Like he got I, a I, I, match. I think it, I think it might have been a King of the Ring match, which yeah. as we just spent time saying I doesn't matter. But but, but, but trying to winning. there's no comparison between Rusev then and Matt Sydal now. No, I, like, I'm not. Like, saying, I'm, I'm more just kind of talking about the concept of him just wrestling guys and and kind of being a guy. No, but he wasn't wrestling like on main event. This isn't he, main event, though. Yes, like, it is. They're, they're trying to this, make it more than main yeah, event. No, there, there is not a right. WWE comparison to Wait, this. There's a difference between trying to make something something and it being what it is. That, that's right. fine, but you're saying main event, which is they don't yes, try to make they it. Never, there were never 500,000 viewers for main event. Like, no, I, like it, this would be well, like there having was, a match. there was when but, Chris well, Jericho honest, fought Ram, The Undertaker. Ram, and stuff in, like in a past era. Right, in a past era, right. Yes. This would have been doing a match on... NXT before NXT really blew up. If they were just like, for whatever reason, we want to put this match on NXT. Well, or it's not all that crazy to compare it to Sunday Night Heat once upon a time. And once sure. upon a time, yeah, the original Heat. Sunday Night Heat was a show that they wanted you to watch. Like they, they really did. They Sunday Night Heat was the other time that you could see wrestling during the course of the week. They wanted you to watch that show. And they would do some things on Sunday Night Heat from time to time to try to get you to watch that show. So... Yeah, I think that's a good comparison. You know, I it, it is a weird. I don't know what the answer is here, Brandon, because I I am I am conflicted with what I want CM Punk to do versus if CM Punk was getting in the way of getting Kenny Omega and Adam Page at the next pay per view, I'd be furious about that. That would be, I'd be beside myself about it. Should there be room between those things? Should there be some sort of room where CM Punk doesn't have to be in the championship picture? but is doing something that's more relevant than what he's doing. He was abysmal on commentary, obviously. I mean, that was, you know, that, that I have work. no idea what they thought they were doing with that. That was, ugh. I mean, that, that I still cringe thinking about it. Like he had nothing. He just, he was so uninterested and had nothing to offer and he couldn't hide from it. Um, and, and I don't blame him, right? Like why would CM Punk be interested in doing commentary um, for a, a bunch of guys that he knows nothing about? Like that, no, no disrespect. You, the notion that you think CM Punk is such a professional wrestling fan that he was sitting around and watching these guys to like learn about them before he showed up is, is a, is is insane. CM Punk is more significant than that in the world than to just be sitting around watching AEW for weeks to be prepared and ready to go as a broadcaster. He had nothing to offer in that capacity. That was bizarre. This is less bizarre than that. Still weird. Still, I, I I can't, it is very weird to me that CM Punk is wrestling Matt Seidel on a Friday night. I can't get around that. That is weird. 
it is it makes no sense whatsoever i i i i i'm going to reserve the right to sort of let this play out for a little while yes. and and see where it goes and not overreact to it but it's weird Dave, i'm 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 just a little concerned mainly because you know I, and i think i had the realization like watching that match and 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 it was that this isn't what I like about CM Punk or it never was what I liked about like watching him wrestle random people. And, and, and I'm not saying that to disparage the guy he was wrestling. I mean that there was no story. There was just a, it was just a match with a guy that can wrestle that hopefully is a big star for them in the future. You know, I'm not saying anything bad about Daniel Garcia. I mean, I think what we all think, I think we've all, and and to a degree, I'm, I'm putting myself in this category, but to a degree, I think it's other people too. We remember what we liked the most about CM Punk was that he was like, fuck you to the man, right? That was this character that he played, and it was a storyline that drew us in and made us want to watch him on Mondays. There's nothing here right now. Like, there's literally nothing. And he's still the same wrestler. He's, he can wrestle just fine. I think I just realized I don't give a shit about him wrestling. I give the I gave a shit about that character. Do you know what I mean? And I'm concerned that if he's just going to be a guy that wrestles, that there's not anything all that special about him in that role. I mean, I, I I don't know. It just it struck me as it just hit me over the head when I was watching that match. Like, oh wait, like this isn't why I liked him. I liked him because I liked the his segments. You know what I mean? I liked. 100% is is his uh, he was always a great wrestler and 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 and, and we can say great wrestler I think yeah. but it, it was it was especially in WWE the promos that set him apart and just the total package and I, I agree with you by the way if this is all he's doing for the next six months I'm out but as far as like I'm returning to wrestling I'm showing you I can still wrestle it's kind of hard to do a fuck the man or fuck anybody when you know the crowd's the way they are and just kind of wanting to see him right now. But that so might I'm be gonna, a problem. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, well, because then, because the only man that he can say "fuck you" to right now is WWE, and we're all against that. Well, not right really. Now. They could create a storyline. I mean, well, that's but I think that, that's the thing is you can create it and then have him come up. But I mean, I can mean, think of someone who would be fantastic to say "fuck the man" to. Sure, but then you have to create that character, Cody Rhodes. Exactly. You have to yeah. make him the man. You have to make him that character, which goes to what I said last week is if you're going full heel with him, go full Mr. McMahon with him, and then you have CM Punk yeah, do that. And in it's the meet, not, you it's not, there's no reason why he couldn't work a program with Miro. There's no reason right, sure. why he couldn't, you know, be the right. voice, the voice, the voiceless, right? Like you think you're gods, you know, there's no reason why he couldn't do some of that stuff. It, it doesn't make sense that CM Punk isn't in a program. It doesn't make sense that anybody wouldn't be like. I mean, th that doesn't make any sense whatsoever that anybody of that ilk isn't in a program. But you know, I, there's a lot of time. I'm not, as I said, yeah. I'm, I'm choosing there's not. Plenty to of time, but it does. It, it, if he's doing it's been, this, it's in, been long enough that we have to talk about. I hear you. It. Yeah, I hear you. If he's doing this in February, I'm very concerned. Right now, I'm not. All right, let's. It's already been two months. <laughs> so, it, but so. It's, but it's two months. It's two months. Yeah. I'm not. You know, I, I get it. All right, um, let's take a listen right now. We had the opportunity to catch up with the one and only Kurt Angle. Well, it is true. It's true. Coming up this Saturday, Baltimore Celeb Fest. 
And uh, we're really excited because the Grade 8 stable with Grade 8's memorabilia is stacked. It includes the Inspiration, who you once knew as the Iconics, the Briscoes, Tessa Blanchard, and, oh, some fella maybe you've heard of who now joins us. He is the Hall of Famer. He is the Olympic gold medalist. It is an honor to welcome, and we are huge fans of his, the great Kurt Angle is now with us. Kurt, it's Glenn and Brandon. It is so great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Man, it's so good to talk to you. You have no idea what, I mean, I'm sure you get this all the time, but we are nerdy, nerdy fans (laughs) of yours, man. Um, There's so much I want to cover. There's nothing wrong with that. I I mean, it makes makes interviews much easier, right? Like, it's very much, uh, Mm -hmm. I I accuse Brandon of this all the time, but I'll do the same thing. It's going to be that Chris Farley show uh, bit from back in the day on SNL, (laughs) where we just talk about all the things that we love about you. Uh, I need to make sure everybody knows great8smemorabilia.com with the number 8 is where you go to get your tickets for meet and greets, pictures, autographs, everything this weekend, including there is a ticket for 300 bucks that includes meet and greets with everyone in the grade 8 stable. And if you know anything about this industry, that is an insane deal. So get to great8smemorabilia.com with the number 8 right now in order to get that. Um, Kurt, I want to start here because I've been wanting to ask you this question for a long time. We're in Baltimore. Sure. I do sports. You know, Brandon's actually a Steelers fan, so we kind of hate him. Um, but but you, the Kurt's from Pittsburgh. I know. Once upon a time, <laughs> you tried out for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes. And life could have been much different had you ended up becoming a Pittsburgh Steeler. But you would have been in the league around the same time as another guy who was pretty good at wrestling named Ray Lewis. And I'm just wondering what it would have been like the first time Kurt Angle, the fullback, ran into Ray Lewis, the linebacker, in the NFL. What would have happened, sir? I would have gotten knocked on my ass. (laughs) (laughs) I I so appreciate that honesty. (laughs) Uh, Ray Lewis was one tough SOB. (laughs) As someone who put their arm around Ray Lewis one time for a photo, I am frightened at what that body could do if it hit a person. Oh, God, that is such a great way to start this off, man. You, you, um, you know, obviously you've accomplished everything there was. Did you ever, like, in the years afterwards think about, like, you know, you did the Olympics, you became one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time. Was there ever a moment in your life where you're like, Man, I wish I would have ridden that football thing out just a little bit or or <laughs> you know You know what? I I I, I really wanted uh, what happened was I wasn't having a lot of success in wrestling at the time. I wasn't able to make the Olympic team. This was like in 1992, 93, 94. And uh, the Steelers were interested because they signed a guy recently named Carlton Hassery. Okay. Carlton Hasbrick never played football a day in his life. He was a wrestler from Pitt Johnstown University, a small division, division two school. And uh, the Steelers drafted him in the eighth round, which was a really smart move because he was really big and he was really quick, great athlete. But because of him, the Steelers drew some interest uh, for me. Uh, they, they were, they were, um, interested in me so they wanted to see what i had and uh the the difference between carlton and myself was carlton was not at a skill position he was a lineman i tried out of the skill position if you don't do that in college 
there's no chance you're going to make it in the NFL if you don't, uh, uh, you know, if you didn't uh, play a, a skill position in college, then there's no chance you're going to get drafted or even taken into the NFL. So um, I did the try it. It was pretty good. It just wasn't good enough. Well, I mean, it, I guess it worked out for you okay. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. It worked out better, trust me. I would have been a, I would have been an average fullback in the NFL for four or five years as opposed to Olympic gold medalist. Man, yeah. man, how history could have been different. How history could have been different. <laughs> the great Kurt Angle is with us uh, as he's coming to Baltimore Celeb Fest this weekend. Um, Kurt, being, you know, we, we, uh, one of the, the, one of the other hosts of our show happens to be a current WWE SmackDown superstar. His name is AJ. He's in this group called Hit Row. And, um, what their, their gimmick is, I'm not sure if you've seen them yet, but their gimmick, they're on, they're going to be on SmackDown moving forward is their rappers. Um, and I was just wondering, do you have anything to say as the best rapper in WWE history? Is there any advice that you can give to our friend AJ, who's a former uh, NFL player as well, about being a rapper in the WWE? Because, again, you are, of course, the greatest rapper in the history of professional wrestling. (laughs) Here's the secret. You just have to make it rhyme. (laughs) (laughs) It worked out pretty well for you. It worked out okay. Everything that you get, I, I'm sure, you know, like in the street, people come up to you and, and tell you you suck, and I'm sure you yeah. get it's true, it's true all the time. It, but is there anything you get more than the joy of winning a gold medal with a broken freaking neck? Is there anything that you get more that people just love and want to repeat to you over and over again? <laughs> that, that is the number one. That's, that's bigger than it's true and you suck and I'm just a sexy Kurt. Uh, yeah, that, that's the top one. <laughs> that's number one. It has been for, for the longest time, and it always will be. I won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. <laughs> did you, did you, can you tell us any of the genesis of that? Can you tell us any of the story of, of where it came from? And at that point in your life, like, did, 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 did you get it? Did you want to be a part of something like that? Or are you like, man, I don't, this isn't who I am? You know what? I, I, you know, the character they gave me was, you know, kind of a, a little uh, nerdy. And, uh, you know, it, w- he was a heel character. You know, he preached the three eyes and did the opposite. And um, so when the fans would boo me, I it just came out one day. I said, oh, you're going to boo an Olympic gold medalist? I want a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. <laughs> that was the beginning of it. I, it just came to me like that. And I was like, oh, man, that's that's my logo from now on. You know, it's really unique that with the background that you have um, prior to WWE, that you came into WWE and really, you know, of course you're known for being an amazing athlete. And of course you're known for the wrestling part of it, but that you have so many catchphrases and character moments um, in WWE. And I think it's, it's probably the hardest thing for someone who's a true athlete in other sports that transitions into WWE to pick up and, and succeed at. And with that in mind, you know, with Gable Stevens, Steveson coming into WWE, you know, what would be your advice to him as far as how to, you know, obviously this guy's an amazing athlete and he's got that part and, and there's enough there to mold athletically. What would be your advice to him as far as how to make the rest of it click? 
Well, first thing I would tell him is forget everything he learned the last 20 years. Wow. Uh, the amateur wrestling, throw it out the window. Uh, all it will do is uh, affect you. It'll harm you. It won't help you. Um, you know, you, one thing about amateur wrestling is you, you go for the kill. You go for the pin as quickly as possible. There's no psychology behind it. Um, you, uh, you also have to show emotion. In amateur wrestling, you don't show emotion. You don't show if you're scared or excited or nervous. You just go out there and you and you do your thing. Um, in, in pro wrestling, you have to show a lot of emotion. You have to show when you're angry, you're scared, uh, you know, pissed off, um, happy, excited. Uh, it, it crosses over to the fans. So I had to forget everything I ever learned, especially my moves, because I was very aggressive in the amateur wrestling. And uh, I had to uh, pull back a little bit and say, okay, let me give my body to the guys that are in the ring with me. So I would give up my body and I would learn how to bump properly and sell properly. And I, I took a less aggressive approach. I think Gable should do that because if he does it, a lot of guys are going to be terrified of him. And they're not going to want to get in the <laughs> ring with him. If he's shooting for real – they they don't like that. So you you know that's that's one piece of advice I would tell. Man, he looks he looks like he is going to be an absolute superstar. My god, he just looks like he, he does. Oh, oh, he looks like he's going to be so great. Kurt Angle is with us again Baltimore Celeb Fest uh, 2 is this Saturday and you get your tickets for the Great 8 stable right now by going to great8smemorabilia.com with the number 8 uh Kurt and so many more are going to be a part of it. Um, uh, Kurt, I, I have to ask this question. On a given day uh, to this day, how much milk do you still consume? <laughs> Two gallons a day. Yeah, man, that's the way you got to be, right? three. <laughs> <laughs> um, the sheer joy of doing it. Again, and I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> wait, wait a second. No, no. You're kidding, right? Yes, yes I am. Oh, my, oh my goodness. I still... I still drink two gallons a day. <laughs> um, a lot of people, you know, again, as I as I warned you, we're, this is the nerdy, you know, we just love you so much and we want to talk about all the incredible things you did. The, the joy that a human being gets to feel doing something like that, spraying down a group of individuals with milk or whatever it really was, I don't know, uh, and the joy that it's given us for all of the years that have followed – could, could you put into words the amount of fun something like that is when it's laid out, when you know you're going to get a chance to do something like this? All of the things you got to do. I mean, like, my God, I just can't imagine how much fun that was. I was so excited that night. It was a dream come true. I got the Dow's Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Alliance, Stephanie McMahon, and everybody in that ring with milk. I was able to spray them with a hose of milk and throw milk cartons at them drive a milk truck into the arena. It was a pretty incredible experience and something I will never forget. I mean, it was something that we will never forget as well. Obviously, we will never, <laughs> ever forget it. Um, you know, Kurt, we have to ask like where you are now. And I know this is a difficult thing for a lot of people, right, to get to this point. You, you know, you came back, you, you wrestled a little bit, and you worked as the general manager. And there have been so many rumors that have flown around and everybody's connected you with AEW and all that. Are, are you at a place where you're comfortable that it's, it's over or at least it might be over? Or like, wait, where are you now at this point in your life? I will never tell that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Um, 
No, I'm pretty much done. I, uh, I, I have a good job now. I have, uh, uh, my podcast and I also have, uh, a supplement company that I've been running for the past eight years. So I, I'm, I'm staying busy. Uh, not as busy as I'd like to, but, uh, it's enough for me right now. So okay. I'm happy where but is, is there, is there any match regret? Is there any, I really <laughs> wish I would have gotten the opportunity to work with this person at this point or in this play. Is there anything like that that you experience? Well, you know, there are a few guys that I wish I would have worked. Um, you know, especially you know, some guys like legends, like Bret Hart would have been awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kurt Hennig. Uh, but, but, you know, got recent guys, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, uh, those guys I've always had. Uh, but wait a second, a you were a member of this shield. You got to be a part of this shield at yeah, one point. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I did. I look like a fanboy that night too. <laughs> were, 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 were we at that show? I feel like we might have been at. That we might have been at that remember. show that night. Yeah, you were right. <laughs> that was. I mean, honestly, you know, you, those guys you bring up, they answered all those as yes. By the way, we would have liked yeah. to have seen you work with every single one of those guys. Do you, Do you still envision a role for yourself? Even if you say, I'm, "I'm pretty sure I'm done." Do you envision a role for yourself doing the general manager thing again, or do you kind of like not being on the road and and the grind of doing something like that at this point in your life? I, I kind of like not being on the road, to be honest with you. But, you know, at, at the same time, I do miss my job there. I, I did la- have a lot of fun uh, playing general manager of Raw. Uh, so, uh, you know, if the offer comes in, I would think about it again. So it just depends on where WWE is at this point in time. I appreciate that. I appreciate I, that. I, I tell you what, there's this, this, this guy we talked about earlier named Gable Stevenson that yeah, might make a lot mentor. of sense. Make a lot <laughs> of sense to do something like that. Well, you know what? I, I will say this, and uh, I hope everybody's hearing. Um, I was asked to be a manager of Matt Riddle uh, a couple years ago when Matt started out. And uh, the company wasn't going to pay me nearly enough money to manage Matt Riddle. So the money is just as important as the job. Sure. And, uh, you know, if Gable Stevenson, if they want me to manage him, I would be happy to do it. But it'd have to be for a price. I get that. Yeah. That's the, uh, you know, yeah, right. Leaving my family every week and doing what I used to do and all the travel. Um, it's, it's really hard on me and my family. And I, I need to make it worth it. When we wrap these up, Kurt, I always like whenever anybody's coming to town for an appearance, like you are at Baltimore Celeb Fest too this Saturday again, grade8smemorabilia.com. I uh, I always like to ask, what's the thing that you would maybe politely ask that people that come to meet you perhaps refrain from doing or saying or or think about? And and we've gotten a ton of of answers to this over the years that range from like. Hey, just remember maybe to apply deodorant that day. <laughs> like that's the type of answer that we get sometimes. But what's the one thing that maybe you ask that people refrain from? As I know you're happy to meet them, and I've seen you know the, the joy on people's faces when they get to meet you over the years. What's maybe one thing that you'd say if we could keep this in mind when we hang out this Saturday at Baltimore Celeb Fest too? Oh, I don't know. I I pretty much let the fans do whatever they want to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, just don't. Uh, I'm a married man. Women keep <laughs> hands off. And don't don't kiss me or give me a chicken back. No, yeah. none of that stuff. You say maybe 
Maybe no milk baths. Right. That might not be great. That might not be great. And and you say women. I think there might be a few gentlemen that probably need that reminder as well. Might be a few that need that reminder as well. Uh, Kurt, what can we plug for you, man? Um, uh, your website, socials, podcasts, the whole thing. What plugs can we get in for you specifically? All right. Uh, my chicken snacks, physicallyfit.com. I have 11 different flavors. They're awesome. Uh, get nothing but five-star reviews on them. Uh, my website, KurtEnglebrand.com. I got a lot of merch on there, very affordable prices. Uh, you know, if you go on there, you can see what I have. It's pretty awesome. And uh, lastly, the Kurt Angle Show, uh, you know, it airs every Sunday on, where you get podcasts, or you can listen to it at, at adfreeshows.com. But um, I want to thank everybody out there that uh, has supported me over the years. I really do appreciate it. Well, we want to thank you because you've given us un, uh, ungodly amounts of entertainment over Absolutely. the years. I mean, it, <laughs> it truly is an honor. And I want to remind thank everybody you. again one more time, great8smemorabilia.com with the number eight. Uh, Chris Ruling is a massive wrestling fan, and so he does these things to make things happen for other wrestling fans. And Kurt Angle... Um, the inspiration, the beautiful people, the Briscoes, Tessa Blanchard. Again, one ticket, $300 for meet and greets with everyone, which is an insane deal in this world. Get to great8smemorabilia.com. Kurt Angle, truly an honor. Thank you so much. Take a Thank couple you minutes guys. for us. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, Kurt. Excellent. Tremendous stuff. Uh, appreciate uh, him recognizing he would have gotten his ass whooped by Ray Lewis. Uh, good stuff with Kurt Angle. Appreciate him taking the time. And again, get out to Celeb Fest this weekend with uh, Great Eights memorabilia, and uh, check out the Great Eights stable. All right, let's let's uh, let's get some plugs in. Let's go ahead and uh, wind down for the week. Aaron, what do you want to get in? Uh, check out VEASAN, VEASAN.com, VEASAN on YouTube, Sling, Fubo, uh, Xfinity app, et cetera, et cetera. The Nightcap with Tim Murray and former NFL quarterback Sean King, 7 to 10 Pacific, 10 p.m., 1 a.m. Eastern every night. And, of course, check me out on Twitter at DAOster. All right, Brandon. We have the uh, Stone Temple Pilots coming Ooh, with Steve on Miggs? November 9th. With Steve Miggs? Yeah. No, no. You got to get Miggs to play drums, right? Uh, that's a bummer. That's um, what we were saying. Yeah, that was, that was the bit, but that's okay. <laughs> um, uh, we just added a band called Tyler Bryant, The Shakedown, uh, as a support band. So that's a good show. Tickets on sale now. There's lots of other stuff coming up. Ice Nine Kills on November 26th. Silverstein on December 5th, Neck Deep on December 8th, Mount Joy December 9th, and of course you can see all the entire, uh, let me start over, you can see all of our shows in the entire calendar on RamsHeadLive.com or at RamsHeadLive on Twitter and we're at RamsHeadLive on Instagram and I of course am at Brandon Linton on Twitter. I am of course at Glenn Clark Radio, GlennClarkRadio.com is my website. Uh, for those of you that live in this area and you're Baltimore Ravens fans, we will be uh, at Twain's Tavern in Pasadena on Tuesday night with uh, Ravens linebacker Tyus Bowser and a special guest. Hope you'll come join us for that on Tuesday night uh, at Twain's Tavern in Pasadena at 7 o'clock. We will see you for the Tyus Bowser show. Follow AJ at AJ Francis 410 uh, on all socials as well. And again, AJ, we're thinking about you wherever you are. If you're if you're at the bottom of a well somewhere and this is all you can do to pass the time is listen to this show, <laughs> we want you to know we care. We love you. We miss you. We want you back. And not to the extent that we're willing to offer a reward. We're not going to do that because we just frankly don't have that money. But we want you back. Safe, preferably, 
unharmed, preferably unharmed, or at least only a little harmed. We want you back. That's the way we want it to go. If any information you might have, just make about, make sure your voice is still good. That's correct, all. Correct. Make uh, yeah, that would be important. Any information you might have about AJ's whereabouts, please message us at Jobbing Out Show on Twitter, um, and and we'll give you a, a, a verbal nod on the next show. Is how we'll handle that. We have very important rap advice for him from Kurt Angle. Correct. I hope he was able to hear that. All right. Uh, for uh, thanks again to Kurt Angle. Thanks to uh, Great Eights Memorabilia for coordinating that. Uh, for Brandon, for Aaron, and for the main event. Ben, 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 coming from the ben, Echo. Ben, Ben. Oh, okay. Uh, AJ Francis. I am Glenn Clark. This is Ben jobbing out. Jobbing out. Kurt Kankles. Ha, 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 ha.